Hi everyone, this is Scott. It's been a busy year at the Officer Down Memorial Podcast. And I'd like to take a minute to thank all of you for your patience this summer while Rosie and I moved into our new home. The construction and the remodeling for both my wife's business and my voiceover studio put me out of commission for the most part most of the summer. So we appreciate your support and your patience. The end result is a beautiful home. It's an amazing shop for Rosie's business here. Also an awesome new voiceover studio for my work here. Bottom line is we are very, very blessed and uh, we appreciate everybody's support. If you're a new listener, thank you for joining us. We're really glad you checked us out. And even if you haven't listened to any of the stories, what we're going to do is we're going to give you or, or share with you a few snippets, a few sound bites from from some of the really amazing Fallen Hero stories that we shared this last year. Just a real quick kind of a post-roll uh, to give you an idea of what you can expect in the future here on the podcast. So I grew up in Minnesota, raised my family in Minnesota. I My dad was a copier as well, and uh, I've served my entire career here. I'm sheriff now for Dodge County and Southeast. And originally, these were going to be all Minnesota stories until I started getting people who, who reached out to me from different states from different organizations uh, wanting to share their fallen hero stories. So with this year's stories, we started in Minnesota, in Southeast Minnesota, with Floyd Haley's story. He was a Rochester officer back in 1967, who we lost interrupting a burglary on North Broadway. His son, Randy, and his friends helped tell Floyd's story. A light bar and a white top of a squad down in a grassy area behind the bowling alley. Fred drove down to the squad car and identified it to dispatch as Floyd Haley's car. He got out and started to walk around the squad. I drove in, I see this car in the ditch, and I drove in. I think he's out of the car just a minute. I'm trying to give him any kind of, you know, leeway I can. I got out, went down to his car, and they, of course, he wasn't in the car, and it was they were still calling him. And uh, I come back up to my car, and as I stepped over, went around my car, uh, he was laying right there next to me. Yeah. Then we moved over to Waterville, Minnesota, the DNR murders in Waterville from 1940. I learned kind of an interesting story. I learned that bullheads used to be a big industry in southern Minnesota. I grew up here, had no idea. My dad always said that was just a bottom dweller, a, a rough fish, something that if you caught it, you'd just throw it back. So um, I don't know. It was, a, it was an interesting story. I learned a ton from it. And uh, I think if you're a fisherman, if you like fishing, you might find this one interesting. According to state officials, shots had been fired elsewhere at game wardens in the state, and they suspected that they may have some trouble with Baumgartner. Rumors around town were that he had said he was going to shoot every game warden and sheriff that showed up at his farm. Then we moved over to Rice County, Minnesota. Investigator John Liebenstein's story was uh, another one that was interesting. Super, super sad. Uh, he was killed during a stolen vehicle high-speed pursuit coming off of I-35. My dear, dear friend, uh, retired Rice County Sheriff Troy Dunn, and uh, John's wife also helped explain how we lost this hero. That morning started out like any other morning at the Liebenstein residence. Just that morning when he went to work, we, we were discussing, you know, what we had going on for the weekend and what we wanted to accomplish. And then he gave me a kiss goodbye and left for work. 
he left usually about maybe a half hour before I did. So he left, and, and that was the last I talked to him. One of our last stories we did in 2022 was the Thomas Decker story out of Cold Spring, Minnesota, which is out by St. Cloud in Stearns County. 2022 marked 10 years since we lost this hero in a really a strange and tragic case that took months to figure out who his killer was. His mother, his wife, and his co-workers help us work through this case so we can understand more about Tommy Decker and what happened. It's a case that left a lot of people in that community with maybe more questions than answers. You know, we were always playing practical jokes on each other. So he he thought that Tommy walked up and hit the side of the dumpster twice. It was like, boom, boom. He said when he looked up, he could see somebody standing there with a handgun pointing right at Greg, which was... It's fight or flight. You know, it's either he's going to put it in drive and try to run this guy over, or he's going to put it in reverse, get the hell out of there, or he's going to pull his gun and shoot and do both. You know, he seen the guy with the gun. He wanted to make some distance. He put it in reverse. As he backed out of the parking lot, he looked over and seen Tommy laying there. At that time, he called out that there was shots fired and officer down. 6416, shots fired at Darren Winner's bar. We got an officer down. Probably one of the most complicated stories we've ever shared here is the Jerry Hoff story out of Minneapolis PD. Jerry was murdered after a vice lord's gang ordered the murder back in 1992. He was murdered because of what he was, not who he was. At the time, I was working in Rochester in southeast Minnesota. I had no idea how crazy things had gotten up in Minneapolis with the gangs and the drug trade. This past year, we also met some really amazing families from both Kansas and Ohio. Now, these families were referred to us by our friends at National Cops, which is National Concerns of Police Survivors. Some really, really, really amazing people over there that work with survivor families. Brandy Winfield was a deputy in North Central Ohio. His wife and his friends helped tell us about the Really, the senseless murder of Brandy by a man he simply stopped to help, and the huge manhunt that followed to capture his killer. 51 on Unit 6, uh, can you re-advise as subject to DOB? April 22nd, 77. Clear. I leave my call, my drunk driver call, and I go back towards the station. On my way back in, just a minute or two later, Matt Robbins is running a checkup on Brandy, and he's not answered. And then as I get closer to the office, he did it again, and he's not answered. 5100, unit 6, checkup. 5100, unit 6, checkup. Deputy Brian Etheridge's family and friends also help us tell his story out of Wichita, Kansas. Brian was ambushed and murdered, like Brandy Winfield, by a man he was responding to help. 
His murder and manhunt for his killer left this community really with few answers and many questions. We, we run around the uh, towards the back of the house, and as we, we step around the southeast corner of the, of the house, we, we see Brian laying on, on the ground. He's next to a, uh, a blue or greenish, um, I think it was a Chrysler 300. Um, he's laying next to the driver's side front wheel. Now, the back of the house is probably 10, maybe 15 feet away. So we, we, we run to him and start rendering aid. We're talking to him. He's able to talk to us. One of us asked him where, where the shooter was. He said he didn't know, but he has my gun. These are just a few of the stories you're going to hear on the podcast. Now, these are historically accurate. I go through all the narrative reports. I go through all the evidence. I go through photographs. I go through media. I talk to the officers who were there. I talk to the families who were left behind. And I make sure that I have all the details and all the facts to give you the most accurate recreation of this officer's life and of how we lost this officer. This next year, we already have an incredible lineup of stories coming up. The first one's coming out of Wisconsin. That'll drop in January. It's a a deputy that ends up fighting for his life in the front seat of his squad in Chippewa County, Wisconsin, back in 2014. Just an incredible, incredible survivor story. And uh, definitely, definitely one you're not going to want to miss. Also, don't forget to check out our website. It's www.officerdonmemorialpodcast.com. Now, with each of these hero stories, we also share a number of pictures of these heroes, their families and evidence photos from the incident. It really helps put the whole package together, the whole picture together for you when when you're learning about this officer and learning their story. These stories, they give us the opportunity to help these communities, these agencies, and these survivor families share their hero's story. And in sharing, we're all helping to ensure the service and sacrifice of these heroes is never forgotten. These stories also remind us of the importance of law enforcement in our country, reminding us of the risks these men and women take on every day to keep our communities and our families safe. Risks 99% of us would never be willing to take on. Also reminding us of the risk and the stress and the commitment that the families of these men and women take on as well. When these heroes walk out that door to serve and protect our communities, their families also serve and sacrifice as well every day, all to ensure that we're safe. We call it service before self. This Christmas, when you're celebrating and spending time with your family and friends, please make sure to remember and say a prayer for the heroes out patrolling your streets and for their families at home celebrating without them this year. They all sacrifice for us every time they put on that badge and walk out the door. Thanks again for your continued support of this project. You can keep up to date on what's coming up by following us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on whichever app you listen to the podcast. Your ratings and reviews will help us reach even more listeners. Your support, it means the world to me, and it means the world to these survivor families who just simply want their hero to be remembered. Thanks again, and from my family to yours, we wish all of you a very, very Merry Christmas and a safe and happy new year. Thank you.